Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm Amy Taylor-Cabaz, mama of three, author, and creator of Mama Rising. This podcast is dedicated to conversations with the world's leading experts on how we can support and value motherhood differently and mamas themselves, dedicated to changing their own definition of motherhood, all through the lens of the world-changing understanding of matrescence. Thank you for being here and thank you for being a part of the movement. Welcome back, mamas. I have the most delicious conversation for you today. I am speaking to one of my longtime beautiful friends, Claire Obeyed. Claire is a mama of two. She is a somatic life coach and energy medicine practitioner. She has been in my life for many years, has supported me personally in so many moments, and is, in my opinion, one of the most amazing intuitive healers I have ever met. I asked Claire to come back on to my podcast because I have interviewed her many times to speak about our bodies, how trauma is stored in our body. What do I mean by that? I mean how our body remembers what we've been through and if we don't honour that, acknowledge it, heal it and move it, it will continue to show up over and over again. It shows up in the way that we handle a crisis. It shows up when we're tired. It shows up in illness, in anxiety, in anger. Claire's gift is understanding this and showing others how to heal it And I know you will get so much out of this conversation, just like I did. Enjoy. Beautiful Claire. Hi. 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 (laughs) Welcome back to the podcast. I think this is your third time on my previous podcast and this one. Is it? I think so. I feel like we've done two before, but... Mm. There is always so many amazing conversations for you and I. And today I really wanted to explore our body and the connection that we have to experiences in motherhood, in our life, and how to recognize what they are in our body and move them because this is where your work has now led you very much in what you do. So first of all, you're a mama of two. Yes. You have a daughter and a son. I do. Perhaps the best way for us to start is to begin by sharing your post-birth experience of your second child. Yes. Oh, this is a powerful and juicy story, and I know you know so much of the background, so I'm uh, 
yeah, I'm not even sure I've, I've shared this element of the birth story. So I'll tell the birth in, in a nutshell and I'll go into the post-birth stuff. So as you know, Amy, I was 43 weeks and went into labour with RAF after my waters broke and then the cascade of interventions that unfolded after that. It's very long and complicated and a very magical and powerful story. But in the end, I went from being in the bath, what I thought was about to give birth to my beautiful boy, in the bath, looking at my husband saying, this is incredible, this is magical, this is happening exactly as I thought it would, to being wheeled out of the room and receiving a spinal tap and an attempt to rotate him, which then unfolded into a C-section. So when I first tell people that story, they always give me this, ah, oh, this look of pity and sadness. But actually it was an incredible gift because I had spent close to eight years at this point working on my own definition in an embodied way of surrender and I remember thinking of course of course it's happening like this of course this stubborn little Taurian boy is taking me to the next level and layer of surrender what was really interesting and now I can say is really magical about this experience is what happened afterwards because even though I could say out loud to friends and family, I'm glad that he came out this way, that I'm okay with this, this is beautiful, it's not my ideal, but this is just how it's supposed to be, my body obviously felt differently. So I would notice that every night that I would go to bed, I would start having what I would describe as trauma dreams. I was having replays of certain sections of the entire birth from beginning to end over and over and over. And this lasted about four or five months. When I first noticed that this was going on, I remember seated in meditation saying to my guides and saying to my higher self, all right, if we're going to do this, if we're going to process and heal in this way, let's do it. Let's do it well. And I'm going to ask you to support me in my dreams to actually work this through my body because I realized it wasn't coming up in my day to day, you know, nine to five hours. I had two children to look for, uh, to look after, but it was coming up in my dreams for a reason. So the dream started to compartmentalize into sections and it would replay every night that section. And I would feel it through my body. I would feel the tension that I was holding in certain areas. I would feel a reenactment of the trembling and the shaking that my body went through when they injected me with the cocktail of drugs. I would feel the exact same feelings as I would get if I was throwing up because I threw up after all of these drugs. And I would wake in the middle of the night in sweats or panting or breathing in a different way. And I would feel that my body was actually expelling those sections of the trauma. And I just completely surrendered to it. I didn't go into my head about it. I didn't try to analyze something wrong with me. Why is this happening? Because by this point in my journey, I fully trusted that my body was doing exactly what it's naturally supposed to do. It's finishing its, its emergency cycle. So it's releasing what's being held in my nervous system. And it lasted, like I said, about four months. And then it just stopped. And I remember just waking up one night, kind of going, okay, good, we're good, we're good, it's out now, we've processed that. It's no longer a thing that I'm holding, both energetically, emotionally or physically. Wow. So 
What do you mean when you say the body is finishing its emergency cycle? Mm, Really good question. So the best way for me to describe trauma, there's so many ways that I can come at this question, but I'm going to just go straight into the emergency cycle component. When uh, we have an experience that is too much, too soon or too fast, it doesn't really matter what the experience is. What you consider to be trauma might be a walk in the park for me and vice versa. Of course, the story does matter, but ultimately it's your body's reaction to it, your emotional state and mental well-being and how you respond and react to that particular experience, especially if it felt too much, too soon, too fast, all at once. So then, of course, we go into an emergency cycle, which is a natural way of handling trauma, so fight, flight, freeze, or even appease a response. Now, if you see animals in the wild, they complete that cycle. So they will get away from the predator and then they will shake. They will literally release through their body and they will tremble and shake until it's out of their body. We don't do that. We don't support individuals to process trauma through their body. We are quickly pushed back into the world, back into society, Uh, We're told that we're okay, it's okay, you've done it, amazing, you got through it, and we're bolstered up in a a quite falsified way. It's it's well-meaning, but we're not given the support to actually release properly. So you're stuck in this loop. And the best way to describe it, it's like a record player and the record is stuck on a particular point and it's going back and forth and so you've got this sound perhaps that's on repeat that's really jarring and that's what it's like in your system in your nervous system now because you're stuck in an emergency loop cycle your nervous system is going to respond to situations people and experiences from that activated space even when there is no trauma or threat of trauma present even if there's nothing in the environment that possibly could be a threat to you if there's even the tiniest thing that your amygdala in your brain goes well hold on I recognize this or this feels a bit scary it could even just be a sound or a smell or a look that crosses on someone's face you will reactivate you will be quickly back into that cycle that loop you'll be back into fight flight freeze appease mode wow so that's what we talk about when we talk about triggers yes And so our body is trying to process this. So, for example, with you, with your um, amazing ability, because, as you said, because of all the work you've been doing for all of these years, not only around surrender but understanding this as well, you were able to understand what was happening in your dreams. Is the only way to complete an emergency cycle like that is to understand it? What happens if we don't understand it? Does the body try and do it itself and we get stuck in that trying to complete the process complete the cycle I just wonder if for anyone and all of us have these traumas I mean I can immediately think of one as you spoke Mm -hmm. and in fact I have been waking up sweating overnight I don't remember replaying anything in my mind but I've been waking up sweating ever since it happened recently I put it down to being nearly 45 and oh my god maybe I'm premenopausal <laughs> but actually it's only started since that traumatic event yeah. and perhaps this is my body trying to process it yeah. what happens if we're not aware what does the body have its own intelligence of doing this 
or does it need to be a very conscious process? I think that's such an amazing question and nobody's ever asked me that. (laughs) I think my intuition kind of guides me here in saying that there's probably multiple points along your journey where your body is going to ask of you, we need to release here, we need to clear here. To give you an example, I I talk to a lot of mamas and I hear this, you know, you're at the kitchen stove and you're stirring something in the pot and a song comes on the radio and you immediately feel this overwhelming sadness and you're crying and you've got no idea what's triggered it but you are there to me that's an that's a moment where the body's intelligence does take over do we allow it that's obviously up to the individual do we honor the rage that's maybe moving through us do we notice and say wow there's something here for me let me go be with this Or let me circle back to this later when I'm alone. That's obviously up to each individual person. The level of intention and consciousness, I think, actually deepens and I want to say accelerates the healing, but that's not necessarily true. I think it probably just provides you with a framework to uh, hold space for yourself Mm. to say, this is okay. Because if I didn't understand what I do, I probably would have woken every single morning completely confused and terrified and thinking that there was something wrong with me because I could not stop replaying every and I mean I could hear the wheels of the bed moving I could see the look of concern over the anesthetist's face I could hear things and taste things every single detail so I do believe that there is an element where your body will continuously drive you towards We need to heal. We need to self-heal. And then you've got your own guidance system and your own intuition and higher self that maybe keeps bringing things into your orbit. You know, that psychotherapist, that healer, that kinesiologist. Are you open to receiving that? But the level of intention for me is what actually will deepen that healing. Yes. And that's what I got out of that story so much that you shared was that you said, okay, there's something here Let's do it. And I think even within my own experience, and I know for so many, it's scary to say, okay, there's something here, let's go there, because it's traumatic. (laughs) And your body, it doesn't always feel safe to relive it. And you just want to move on. You want to be okay. You are, you know, your mind tells you, you are safe now. Mm -hmm. And yet it's still there. Amy, I think we need to unpack what you've just said around safety. So you're not always going to dream your trauma. That was my unique way with RAF at that point. You don't actually need to relive the details. So in my one-on-one EFT sessions, which is to me a form of somatic and energetic healing, I will have people come to me and say, I can't go there. So we dance around the trauma. Mm -hmm. We don't even touch the details. And we might even just say and breathe through, I can't go there. It's there and I can't go there. It's there and I can't go there. So I really want everybody to understand that working through the body is not mental. Dreams are energetic. Dreams are emotional. Dreams is that watery feminine space. So you don't actually have to relive it. You can create safety by learning sensations in your body, starting to understand what those sensations are, 
Do they need to be felt and amplified? Do you need to cocoon in safety? So a lot of the somatic work I do with clients is actually teaching them containment practices in their own body to Mm. regulate their nervous system and to send a signal into their body, not from their brain and from their thinking space, but you are safe. And I'm going to allow you to detox what you're holding, right? It could be a tremor in your knee for some reason. And I'm going to be with that just enough to the capacity that I have today. And then I'm going to hold myself through it. And I'm going to amplify safety by resourcing myself. So an example I can give you of this is sometimes I'll be working one-on-one in an energy medicine session with a client and I can see that they're no longer in their body, that they've dissociated. So that's their own protection. They've pulled up and out and they're no longer with me. I immediately will stop and I will call them back and I will ask them to open their eyes. So I'm the first resource and they bring them back into their body through their breath. That's the second resource. Prior to that, we've already asked them where is the place or space that you can immediately take yourself if you feel like you've disconnected. So we will either mentally travel to that place. It might be the feeling of your feet on the sand or the sun on your face. It could be literally turning around and gazing out the window and noticing what do you see, what do you smell, what can you hear, so bringing yourself back into a sensorial experience. So it's really important that people understand that safety doesn't have to have to come through a conversation that you have or even talking about your trauma. Mm. It's body-based. That's that so important. Yeah, it really does. And I think that's reassuring. I know over the years I've heard so many women say, I should be over this by now. Or it wasn't even that big a deal. I don't know why I'm still so affected by it. And I remember once in the many, many, many conversations you and I have had back and forth over our years of friendship, you said to me once, Amy, the body keeps score. And that really stuck with me because my pre-programming is uh, based on a military family upbringing which it is suck it up mm-hmm. and keep going, you know. You've got, you've got to keep moving forward. There's a very military, ongoing, forward-focused energy that I was, I was brought up with. So any wallowing, <laughs> which in itself is a very uh, judgmental word, yes. wallowing in your emotions, any, you know, being sad longer than you need to be, any of that was not allowed. Mm. And I know that's a big feeling that we have as women, Mm. that we should be over this by now. We should move on. It was years ago. Why are we still feeling so much? Mm. So can you talk to us about how that our body does remember this and keeps score in a way? So I have to credit Bessel van der Kolk, who is the author of the book, the body keeps the score. So that phrase is not mine. I'm going to, I'm going to actually bring a personal example here. The very first person that's ever taught me without, without any of this education under my belt is my mother because I grew up witnessing her body keeping the score. Mm. And it would go so far that she would have ailment after ailment, illness after illness. So this was well and truly past her even flagging or noticing the symptoms or the call out for an ability to release. So she would push and suppress and not wallow and hold in and, of course, illness would then follow. So that was my very first 
learning curve, day to day witnessing. Ah, so last week this happened in the family, and you felt this, and you fell apart, and here we are, and your body is doing this. That thread was really obvious for me from, I would say, even five years old. Mm. So in terms of the body keeping the score, when you have a traumatic situation, I'm going to speak about this more energetically, you need to continue and function in your life. Your ego knows that, your mind knows that, your body even knows that. So energetically, I love to paint the picture that there'll be a level of mental processing going on and if there's not enough physical processing through the body, it's almost like your energy field takes and absorbs that trauma and holds it in your field. So when you when you work with somebody energetically, you can often tune into their aura and you feel these gray spots or these tears or these blocks. And that's usually these trauma pockets being held. It's almost like the intelligence of you is saying, okay, we need to function. So I, I need to be able to continue on raising my children or doing what I need to do. So I'm holding it out of your immediate attention and focus. And I'm, I'm holding it out, but it's still here. It's still in your field. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense, yes. Right. Now, all of that obviously is interconnected with your subconscious which is holding everything, governing everything, guiding you every single day, even without you being aware of it. Your subconscious is directly related to your body. They're, to me, one in the same. So when you have a trauma and it's not processed and it's not healed and your body doesn't get a chance to step out of that emergency cycle, it will store somewhere subconsciously, energetically and physically. I've had sessions before where a healer will come and work on a particular part of my body and then that part of my body will not stop twitching and moving as it's releasing and it's like everything is just overwhelmed in that part of my body and it's holding and it's holding and it's holding. And then there will be a release and there will be tears or there will be pain felt for days and weeks after or there will be a feeling of lightness and a realization that you were holding there and you didn't even know you were holding it because you grow around it, you work around mm. it. Mm. Does that make sense? It really does. Yeah. And it explains why so often in workshops or coaching calls we'll do something that connects with the body. Yeah. You know, we'll do a practice where I'll get the mummers to, you know, release their tongue for a few minutes just really breathe and feel their tongue getting fat and thick and heavy and there is just this huge release from these women so many tears and they can't even pinpoint where that's come from which part which story which experience but then check in with them a week or two later and they feel completely different because it's just been stored waiting is that the key we're waiting do we store it Claire until we have the tools, the space and the support to complete that process. Is that what we really need? I like to think so. I like to Mm. think that there is a time, space and place when we are ready for that healing and I feel like that that is very much woven into our own soul story, purpose, destiny, whatever you want to term that. Uh, Maybe that's a fanciful way of looking at it. Uh, Obviously in an ideal world we will have trauma, release it, process it and you know, go on about our merry days being perfect human beings, but that's not the reality, right? We are from the moment we're born, if not during our birth process, 
if not before, even that integration process of soul into body, we are undergoing trauma. Hmm. So when I have people that say to me, I've never had a traumatic experience in my life, I'm like, sorry to break it to you, but you have. And you don't need to go and look for it if it comes up, right? If you've disturbed the water and something has risen to the surface, then it's time. And Do people honestly think they've been through life without a traumatic experience? To be honest, the people that say that are the people that don't want to, um, they don't feel they have permission to yes. use the word trauma because I wasn't raped or this didn't happen or I didn't have a major car accident, right? Okay, but did your dad yell at you to the point of you shaking like a leaf? Did your mum hit you way too many times with a wooden spoon? Your friend maybe did too and that didn't bother her at all, but you did and your nervous system wasn't okay with it. And so still to this day there is something in your nervous system that is turned on and activated in certain moments. And what was the definition you used of trauma at the beginning? Too, too much, much, too quick. Too soon and, and too fast. Yeah, And too fast. And when you use that definition, then of course, yeah. life, life is traumatic. Yes, <laughs> the yes. modern world is traumatic. Yeah. I look at the way my children are, uh, are being forced to grow up too quick, too soon, too fast, too much. Uh, what we're doing just on a day-to-day basis. So <clears throat> you also shared with me earlier a story about recently how you can be triggered or I don't know if you like that word, these um, these memories in your body can come back through motherhood, through witnessing your children experiencing something traumatic yeah. or something happening to your child. I know that this has happened in me when my kids have had problems with friends at school. Mm. You wouldn't call it bullying, but you know, a little bit of ostracizing, a little bit of struggling to be feel like they're fitting in or connected. And I have a great deal of trauma around that from my mm. teenage years mm. and recognizing how quickly that all came up. Yeah. And that was where my mind and body was rather than what my child needs in that moment. Right. Um, you've had an experience of that recently too. Very, yes. And I'm going to share it with you now. Please remind me at the end, I want to also share with you something to do with the military which is an example from The Body Keeps the Scorebook, which I think is really a powerful example and very interesting in relation to your past as well. So the, the recent example I have is um, we were visiting the neighbour's backyard, myself and my two little ones, and looking out across his version of the bush. We both share the same little patch of bush, but his looks very different to ours. So I was lost in my, oh, my gosh, just staring at this, incredible patch of nature and to my left my daughter was uh, jumping up and down and exciting the dog of the neighbor beyond us behind a fence so my obviously mum in a mum scanned and went yep we're all good we're safe the dog's behind a fence I did say to her though Soleil careful now you're exciting that dog too much so I'm staring at the bush. The next thing I see from my right side is this flash of white. And I look around and I see my little girl hurling down the little hill and this giant Rottweiler on top of her. So this all happened in the space of 30 seconds. And I hear, I hear her scream. I hear the dog. I quickly note that the dog is um, happy 
her tail is wagging. So there's a part of my nervous system that's still regulated and I can compute that we're actually not in danger. But at the same time, I notice that I've gone into freeze and I'm in complete and utter slow motion. And I feel that I'm about five years old. I can feel in my body that I'm not mum. I'm now in a Claire, in a child Claire. And I'm moving like, honey, it's so so bizarre. I couldn't speed myself up. And I have this other part of my brain saying, you should be running towards your child. You should be reacting differently. Another part of my brain saying, no, don't run at the dog. That will escalate it. This is good. Move slowly. And another part of my brain starting to communicate, soleil, stop moving. But everything is coming out super slow. And I realize I'm in freeze response. So I'm working with all these multiple parts of myself. I think if you haven't done the work, that moment would have looked very different. I think I would have completely frozen. I think I would have had no cognition about what was actually unfolding. At that moment, my husband comes bursting out the side of the house and he is not in freeze response, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Um, but he's, he's in fight response. I won't tell the whole story. She's okay in the end. The dog was just really excited and wanting to play with her. But I had to work through what was unfolding in me in that moment. Uh, in the end, I'm standing outside. So they's finally inside, but the dog is super excited and she's prowling around the house and around me. And I'm standing still like concrete and I'm looking at my neighbor and he can see that I'm not almost 40-year-old Claire anymore. He can see that. And he's saying, Claire, stand still and breathe. And I'm just going, holy shit, holy shit. Why am I like this? What is going on? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then it all comes back and I, I have this flashback of me being chased by a little. So it's a really wild experience and it's so intense that I knew immediately I need to support her and myself in a healing session here. So I go to her and I immediately start tapping on her with her permission. But I, I realise it's, it's gone too far. She's, she's triggered. She's had a major trauma unfold in her. So with the help of a kinesiologist and my own daily tapping, I had a clearing done for Soleil through her body and for myself. The work I had to do on myself was actually quite active for about five to ten days because it was so big in my body. And what I, I noticed was really interesting is every time she would show any ounce of fear over the next few days, she was completely attached to me. She wouldn't be anywhere in the house alone. She wouldn't stand at the front door if it was open. I was insanely irritated. Mm. Okay, so that emotion is my body trying to shut down, fight away and push away the trauma response from both my childhood and this experience with her. So every time I would feel that irritation, I would see that as an invitation that there's still there's still grief there, there's still fear there, there's still sadness there. I have to clear that because I'm not actually able to hold space for her at all. Wow. Yeah. It was big. Do you know what I love about that story is that you could see that your irritation mm. was a sign, an invitation that there was something still in your body that needed to be processed. Yes. And for every single person who listens to this podcast, we all know what that feeling of irritation yeah. is. Like when they're attached to you, when they're needing, they're like they're trying to suck the stability out of you because they're needing it themselves. Yeah. And how 
irritating that can be. And instead of judging that, viewing that in any way with negative emotions or Mm -hmm. judgment, instead see it as, okay, obviously I'm still needing to process this myself. Yeah. Yeah, I was so triggered. Every moment of attachment from her and every flare of anger and irritation was an indication to me I just wanted her to stop because every time she mentioned it, not only did it propel me back to that moment with her, it propelled me back to my childhood, it forced me back into this, uh, I don't want to face this, I want it to stop, I want it to stop. But she was showing me, I'm not healed, you're not healed. Mm, Exactly. Absolutely not. I had this moment in meditation, I was like, I need you to show me what she needs and what I need. And in this moment, I realized I need to go visit the neighbor. I need to take photos of this dog. I need to take photos of how it's gated up and show her because I realized I needed that as a child because I kept hearing when I was a child, the dog's away, the dog's locked up now, the dog's away, the dog's locked up. And just like my soleil, I couldn't see that, so I couldn't trust it. Mm. So in doing that for her, I was able to provide that for my inner child as well. Wow, there is so much in that story, so much. Yeah. So let's ground it all back down. Let's bring it all back together. Really, the main thing I wanted to bring your divine wisdom to all of these beautiful mamas that are listening, what I wanted them to hear is, first of all, that their body is trying to tell them something still. Always. And it will continue to be there and show up in various ways, whether you're triggered in the moment with your child, whether you're run down and sick, whether you are listening to a song and suddenly can't stop crying. There's signs here that have been stored in your body that need to be honoured and allowed to be completed. Completed, correct. I love that. And that... This is an ongoing living, breathing experience that we can have for ourselves and our kids. This is what we get to do. This is it. This is it. And I want to give a really, really small example that people might recognise in their daily life. Three-and-a-half-year-olds, little boys, they like to hit sometimes. Yeah? So when my little boy hits me, I have a very potent reaction to that. Instant rage. It's not normal rage. It's not um, It's not the right reaction and response to his actions. It's amplified. And I'm giving this example because I know a lot of mamas say, oh, you know, he's hitting a lot or he's punching a lot. That is my childhood. Mm-hmm. That is my inability to be in control of my own body as a child and receiving beatings or hittings, etc. That is feeling unsafe in my body and somebody crossing the boundary. What's really helped is to say to my son, when I was little and I got hit, it used to make me feel. So when you hit me, my little girl comes out Mm. and it makes me feel. So sometimes the beginning point with working with the body is to identify the feeling that you feel because the rage is in my body. If I had a glass in my hand, I would probably throw it and smash it on the wall. Like that's how it feels. So notice the feeling in your body, name it, track the sensation. Don't go into your head and ask the story straight away. The story will come if you want it and it's supposed to be there. Notice the sensation and then 
if you can, what's the emotion that that sensation relates to? Mm-hmm. People struggle with sensation, but sensation is there's a tightening, there's an expansion, there's a rumbling, there's a tingling, there's a burning, there's a fizzing. Sensation is that, not I, I feel pissed off. That's the emotion. Mm-hmm. So go to the sensation first. Mm-hmm. Breathe into that and ask the body to tell me. Yeah. And you'll hear it. Wow. Finally, before we go, because I know I will get emails <laughs> and comments in the DMs, we need to circle back to the story about oh, the military yes. that you were going to do because I know these beautiful mamas and they will reach out and say, and you didn't remind Claire to come back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The reason I wanted to share the story is because of your upbringing, but in the body that keeps a score or maybe it's maybe it's not. Maybe it's a different book, so I apologise. I'll, che- I'll triple check that. But one of the stories that really landed this for me was the story of this beautiful man, ex-vet, who had seen a million therapists and was on a cocktail of drugs. Incredible rage, um, alcoholic, showing all the signs of post-traumatic stress disorder, but couldn't heal. And he had a twitch. He was constantly moving his head to one side and it was a jolting movement and through work with a somatic therapist I'll tell the short story in a really short way they came to understand and identify as he was telling the story of a particular traumatic experience that what was actually happening was his body was stuck in a looping cycle of the moment the bomb went off to his right and his body goes to the right in reaction to the sound. So his body's taking him to the sound and this is where he loses all of his comrades, every single one of them. He's the only one that stays alive. So his body is on a looping emergency cycle, physically showing him every single moment of the day this has not been released yet. So they actually had to release his trigger to the sound, Mm. the actual sound. And in my EFT work, sometimes with certain clients, when they have really traumatic memories, we might stay on one 30-second portion of that memory for three or four weeks or five weeks. And it could be um, I was talking to blah, 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 and they yawned. And that's not the reaction I expected. And they yawned in that moment and they've looped that. And that in their memory and in their body is related to the trauma. I bet everyone who's listening is doing the same thing as me, which is having these memories and moments and experiences pop back into your head and thinking, wow, that's why this is the way it is. That's why my daughter reacts that way. That's why I do this. It's just landing so many things as you speak. Beautiful. Thank you. You're so welcome. Ah, and, you know, I know everybody tells you this, but the way you speak as well, (laughs) your voice, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I'm still working on owning that, so thank you. (laughs) Yeah, please do. Thank you. I, um, I just want to finish by saying that I think the stories that you have shared have obviously shed such a light into the somatic healing practices and the theory behind it Mm. but also I just want to highlight to you of course but to everyone as well the level of um, awareness 
that you bring to your emotions and your body and your children's emotions and their bodies every single day Mm -hmm. is inspiring is not the right word. It's a divine reminder of how we can um, embody this, that it's not something you go to see a practitioner at once a month. It may start like that. But eventually this is how you think and this is how you are. This is how you raise your children. This is how you live. And I just wanted to point that out, that you're a beautiful example of that, that we start with these small things, but eventually they become the way we are and who we are. And you shine that so beautifully. So thank you. Thank you. I mean, I have to thank motherhood for that. You know, the Mm -hmm. dark days and the early months with Soleil, rocking her in a dark room with tears pouring down my face and thinking, there's something here. I didn't yeah. know it was, but there's something here. So we yeah. lean towards that something here moment. Yeah, we do. We do. Not everybody, but we do. Yeah. Thank you, beautiful. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I will share all of the notes to your work and to the resources that you mentioned in our show notes. And um, thank you, everybody. I am certain your mind was whizzing with examples and stories just like mine was as I listened to Claire. So many deep understandings of what my body is trying to tell me, perhaps some traumas I haven't processed or released, and also recognizing in my children how I can help them process things differently, allow their emergency cycle to be completed after something happens instead of telling them to move on get over it get back to being happy again we can't do that anymore we have to acknowledge that our body keeps score that our body is telling us something important you can find all the details about claire's work at claireobede.com and in the show notes of course Reach out to her on Instagram and to me and let us know what you got out of this interview and out of this conversation. Thank you for being a part of this conversation, Mama. We change the way mothers are valued and seen in our society and our world by bringing these conversations to light and spreading the whispers of matrescence. And so I ask you to be a part of this movement now. Speak to others around you about matrescence, about your experience of motherhood. Let's bring it to light together. And if you would like more understanding of this, more insights into how matrescence has changed you, go to amytaylorkabaz.com forward slash matrescence and receive your free ebook, The Matrescence Map, so you can understand it even deeper. Thank you for being a part of this. Until next week, Satna. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.